0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Inspire Podcast. This is Matt. And this is Brad. We are the pastors of Inspire Church in Westfield, Indiana. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening around here, be sure to subscribe to our text updates by texting the keyword INSPIRE. That's N-S-P-I-R-E to 317-451-4111. We hope the following message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Good morning. Again, welcome. So good to have you joining us here in our live stream. We are starting a brand new Christmas series, and it's called Home for Christmas. And Matt and I thought that was a little bit funny because those particular songs take on a whole new meaning during a COVID Christmas. Songs like I'll Be Home for Christmas or There's No Place Like Home for the Holidays. Uh, There's going to be a lot of us who are probably going to have travel plans Uh, shifting and changing during this time and so uh, we wanted to kind of acknowledge that on the front end and just acknowledge just what a crazy year this is. I know we've said this before like we even did a whole series on 2020 but like it's still crazy and it's getting crazier all the time. You know I'm convinced now the more I've thought about this I'm convinced that we're actually in an alternate timeline you know and and trust me on this i've done some research you know especially within the comic world there's a lot of you know uh research into what this looks like you know x-men days of future past you may remember that you know that was like you know a uh an alternate timeline type thing you know where where they came from the from the future you know from future past and uh uh the probably the most you know humorous explanation of 2020 I've heard was that it all started in the beginning of 2020 with the song baby shark and that maybe baby shark is actually an ancient chant that or opened some kind of a portal and it all went south from there I don't know if that's true but uh, that's probably the most likely explanation I've heard thus far for this crazy year that we've had and it has been a crazy year hasn't it? Um, I, I've just went through and I've just kind of picked out a few highlights of some of the weird and strange and bizarre news headlines that we've seen this year. Not even counting, you know, all of the stuff that's dominated the headlines like, you know, protest and the election and the coronavirus. I'm talking about the stuff outside of that that just makes this year even crazier than normal. For example, do you remember this? Sarah Palin raps Baby Got Back while dressed as a bear, shocking the Masked Singer viewers. Uh, is that not bizarre? Like Sarah Palin singing Baby Got Back. That could only happen in the year 2020. And uh, also, uh, somewhere around the Super Bowl time, uh, the planters thought that it would be smart or whatever to, to do some kind of a publicity stunt where they, they announced that Mr. Peanut, the mascot for the nut brand, had died. Uh, and, and somehow they thought that that was like, you know, good publicity or good advertising. Again, classic 2020 going on right there. Um, this next story I found quite interesting and quite hilarious. Uh, in a bizarre incident in one of Uttar's largest government hospitals, a monkey attacked a lab technician, snatching vials containing blood samples from three coronavirus patients and then escaped and and there's actually just a little short video clip of this because you have to be able to see this monkey to be able to appreciate how bizarre this news story even is and now a bizarre piece of news coming from the state of uttar pradesh where in meret monkeys took away blood samples of some patients collected for routine tests from lab technicians at merits medical college S.K. Garg, principal of the Merritt Medical College, has said samples taken away by monkeys do not include COVID 19 swab test samples. Yeah, so that happened. A monkey stole blood samples and, uh, and then climbed up in a tree, escaped, and also, look at that, sits up there and is eating surgical gloves. How bizarre! is this year. This one you probably have heard about here. This was a news story. Locusts are a plague of biblical scope in 2020. Why? And what are they exactly? Um, The first time I saw this article, I read this and I'm like, you know, I could probably better summarize this headline by removing a few words and just reducing it to 2020. Why? The locusts, of course, being this biblical plague that they were, um, some ingenuity or some ingenious people decided to come up with a solution to try to get rid of them. Here's another bizarre headline. Here's a tweet. Uh, Who had duck army on 2020 bingo? China may send 100,000 ducks to Pakistan to battle locust worms. Pakistan's declared an emergency saying locust numbers were the worst in more than two decades. And a single duck can eat more than 200 locusts a day, more effective than pesticides. Duck army, just another weird thing this year. Or this one again, I know you've heard about this too. Scientists destroyed a nest of murder hornets. Here's what they learned. And I mean, look at this guy's bee suit. These, These hornets are so aggressive and their venom is so deadly that even a classic B-suit will not work. And so they have to wear these things that look like spacesuits. And uh, if you read a little bit further on down in the, uh, the news article, there's like all kinds of encouraging little tidbits like some queens may have escaped or there could still be nests out there. Why? Why do we need to know this? This is not helpful information. We're already stressed enough. It's a crazy year. And in a year that seems like devoid of hope, it just seems like, you know, story after story comes out to the point where this article from The Onion, this headline from the article probably sums it up perfectly. Man who thought that he had lost all hope loses last additional bit of hope he didn't even know he still had. Oh my goodness, what a year. And so here we are coming into Christmas, the Christmas season, and we're talking about hope hope now it may feel like this is a pretty hopeless time there's a lot happening out there in the world and we've still got some weeks left in this year that some more crazy things could still happen but we should not lose hope the bible talks a lot about hope and hope is one of those things that is closely connected with our christmas practice in our christmas story because the story of christmas is a story of hope you see we're in the beginning of advent the advent season officially commences on the fourth sunday or advent sunday before christmas which would be today advent comes from the latin word adventus which means coming or approach or arrival And Advent is the traditional celebration of the first Advent, the first arrival of Jesus onto the scene. And it is also a reminder of our anxious awaiting of his ongoing Advent, his ongoing arrival into the kingdom of God on earth or the restoration of all things. You see, Advent is not just looking back a couple thousand years ago, it is something very real and present today. That's why when we talk about hope, we're talking about hope not just because a baby was born 2,000 years ago, but we have a reason to have hope today. Because there was the first advent, the first arrival of Jesus into a very dark and hopeless time. But every year, every day in our lives, hope is born anew, and advent reminds us of that. You know, as Christ followers, as Christians, it's important to even remember that, that our church fathers and mothers structured the whole church calendar around this in such a way. So Christmas, December, whereas for us in our Gregorian calendar, December is the the end of the year, right? January all the way, and it ends with December. And so therefore, Christmas represents kind of the end of the year, January is the new year, the beginning of the new year within the church calendar and the christian calendar advent actually was the beginning of the year the beginning of the christian calendar because here's the thing that you need to know and the thing that's so important about advent is that advent begins in the dark traditionally speaking the first week of advent is the darkest if you were here and if we were in this building we would be lighting a candle and traditionally you would start with one candle and then another and then another and then another but it starts in the very beginning in the very darkest points advent begins in the dark it began that way in the christmas story at a time where it seemed like for the jewish people all hope had been long since abandoned And it's that same way today. You see, the Christian calendar doesn't just start with the resurrection or even the birth of Christ. It starts in the dark. And our Christian calendar, like our Bible, starts with an empty, formless, lonely darkness. You see, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 starts out that way. Our story begins that way. Genesis 1, 2. The earth was empty and formless, and darkness covered the face of the earth. There's a reason why darkness, why Advent begins in the dark. Because all of us relate to being alone and secluded in the dark. We've all had those times in our lives. You know, psychologists tell us that one of the most difficult conditions a person can be forced to bear is light deprivation. Darkness is often used in in military captivity or penal institutions to break down an individual's sense of self. We know this, right? Because, you know, after daylight saving time and, and the days grow shorter, how difficult it is to try to be encouraged and how seasonal depression begins to rise in conjunction with how short the days become. None of us like to be in the dark. And there's times where it feels like in our life that our life is being enshrouded by deep darkness. And perhaps this Advent, this Christmas season, more than any other in our past, we can better relate to this first week of Advent being one that starts in the dark. Because 2020 has already felt like one long day that keeps getting darker and darker and things keep getting more and more challenging and we've had so many difficult things hit us left and right but Advent begins in the dark because out of the darkness a light shines. Joan Chittister in her book Between the Dark and the Daylight she writes this, only the experience of our own darkness gives us the light we need to be of help to others whose journey into the dark spots of life is only just beginning. It's then that our own taste of darkness qualifies us to be an illuminating part of the human expedition. Without that, we are only words, only false witnesses to the truth of what it means to be pressed to the ground and to rise again. The light that we gain in the darkness is the awareness that however bleak the place of darkness was for us we did not die there we know now that life and light begins again on the other side of the darkness i want to read that last line one more time because i want you to hear that life and light begins again on the other side of the darkness you know this season of chaos that we find ourselves in is not new or unique to the world the world has experienced times of upheaval times of change people have gone through things like this over and over this is just especially real to us right now because we're all going through it together and it feels like it's never going to end but it will life and light begins again on the other side of the darkness. And those who have been through dark times in their life will tell you that however bleak that darkness was for them, they did not die there. And that is what gives them hope. That's why some of the most hope-filled people are not the ones who have not experienced any tragic loss or any difficulties. Some of the most optimistic hope-filled people in this world are the ones who have gone through some of the most horrible tragedies and have emerged again stronger and healthier and better on the other side because they realize I got through it and whatever challenge I'm going to face next I'm going to get through that too. Friends we would do well to remember that during the season of Advent. We sing songs of joy during this time and there's all the songs you hear on the radio, you know, Joy to the World and and Silent Night, encouraging kind of hope-filled songs. But there's other songs that we sing too that that give word or expression to what it feels like to be in the midst of a dark time. For example, the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, we sing that, that Emmanuel comes and ransoms captive Israel, that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appears. It gives voice to this feeling of waiting, of longing for hope, for restoration. Even in the classic uh, chorus by, uh, by Handel, George Frederick Handel, the Messiah, begins with this kind of like oh, upbeat overture, but then it goes immediately into this first song, comfort ye my people, which has this dark almost foreboding feel to it. it it's based out of the verse in Isaiah chapter 40 that says comfort comfort my people says your God speak tenderly to Jerusalem tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardons we need comfort we need hope right now probably more than ever we need to be reminded that just like Israel needed to be encouraged, need to be comforted, we too are the recipients of God's gentle, comforting voice. We also sing the carol and the words from that, line, from that, uh, that chorus, A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. Again, now more than ever, that line that chorus takes on a new meaning because we live in a very very weary world don't we we're weary from fighting a pandemic we're weary from the social isolation we're weary from trying to keep up with the expectations that just can't be fulfilled we're weary from juggling fractured families and from raw emotions we're weary from working hard and yet feeling like we're just barely scraping by weary of turning on the news and finding more hatred more division we're weary of being weary aren't we we can all relate to what it feels like but the weary world rejoices because out of the darkness a light emerges This is the message of hope that we come back to every year during our time of Advent. Because Advent reminds us to look for God in the unexpected places. It reminds us to look for God in the dark. In the same way that when Jesus came as a baby, he wasn't announced with fanfare in the courts of the highest leaders. He wasn't broadcast by the most wealthy or influential people it was first to lonely shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by nights in the night in the dark a light emerges and even the very message of advent of how god chose to enter this world tells us a little bit about how the divine works in the midst of the chaos of this world because we would expect the all-powerful the omniscient the ever-present God to come in strength and power and authority and yet he comes as a helpless baby he comes as a small flicker of light in the darkness Not a blaring floodlight, but the tiniest, tiniest flicker of lights that grows. Debbie Blue, in her book, From Stone to Living Word, she says it this way. She said, God comes into the world as a baby, naked and needy. That's the way the Christian story goes. That's a significant revelation, and it's maybe not all that comfortable for us. You see, God doesn't come into the world looking big and self-sufficient and simple and coherent like like an answer or a moral absolute. But instead, God comes into the world looking weak and hungry, totally dependent on his mother. That's what babies are like. They can't propel themselves. They can't even focus their eyes. Helpless is not a bad word for what a baby is. God comes into the world as a baby that's a subversion of how we might expect the almighty God to come the advent story in and of itself is a subversion of strength and power emerging victorious because God didn't come in strength and power during advent he comes as a helpless baby And in the midst of the darkness, he emerges as a small flicker, a small flame, one that seems like even the slightest breeze would blow it out. And yet that light emerges into the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish it. And with every day, and with every month, and with every year, it grows brighter and stronger. Until that light that emerged a couple thousand years ago, spread from person to person from country to country from continent to continent until there's practically no place on this earth where the message of advent hope has not yet been spoken isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light Those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has that light shined. Friends, this is the message of hope for us. And it's a very relevant message to us, especially this year. Because Advent begins in the dark. And if you've ever stayed out overnight, if you've ever camped, and done some stargazing or happened to woke wake wake up really really early and walk outside you'll recognize that it's often darkest right before the dawn at that very last moment of nights when the stars are beginning to wink out and it seems incredibly dark and it seems like the darkness is going to go on forever you look to the sky and you begin to see that first faint glimmer of dawn Friends, we're in a time and in a season where it feels like darkness is all around us. Perhaps for you, you may feel so oppressed by the weights of all that this year has brought. You may be struggling with the loss of a family member, of a friend, loss of a job, the loss of your peace and sanity, the loss of your social circles, Loss permeates our lives, but it doesn't have to define us. We can cling to hope even in the midst of what feels like a hopeless situation. We can find light in the middle of the darkness. Isaiah 9-2 tells us that in the midst of the darkness, while things were still so bleak and so dark, that was when light emerged. Friends, this is, is the blessing, the hope, the encouragement that we cling to in this first week of Advent. That while it is darkest, light emerges. And friends, I'm telling you, for you too, those of you who have struggled this year, your struggle is not permanent. Your loss is not permanent. There is hope that emerges on the other side. Here's what I want to do as I wrap up this message. There's a short meditative video that I wanna watch with all of you and I wanna participate at home or wherever you're watching this, this service called Blessing in the Chaos. And this is a blessing for you and for me, for those of us who have experienced all the tumultuous upheaval of all peace in our lives this year. As you sit and watch and listen to these words make this a prayer that you cling to in the middle of what feels so dark in your life look to the light because the light is always there it shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it may we experience this blessing together Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Westfield area, we'd love to see you at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions and more information about our services and family ministries, check out our Facebook page or visit us online at www.inspire.church.